Cut. <laughs> oh, fucking cut. Now I'm gonna you go buy, no, I'm, no, I'm gonna go purchase one. That's the problem. This this ain't fucking me. I was like, you know, the background is mom and dad was addicted to crack cocaine. Okay. Right? All praises to the most high hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Doc Holiday Show where we love to uplift black men. Black woman, black teen, black child, black royalty, and I am joined by true black royalty. A black royalty, one of the reasons why I even went to play football at Memphis State, the University of Memphis. My guy, my brother, Elliot Perry. EP, what's, what's up, man? I know, I don't know if you well, shake hands. Yeah, I don't know what you do. What up, okay, what up, how EP? Doing, how, you, how you doing, man? It's good to finally be here. I know you've been trying to get me for a long time, and... Uh, Looked like you thought I stiff armed you. I did. No. Hey, look, I'm, hey, I'm gonna tell you, I thought I thought he I thought he stiff armed me. I'm nah. like I'm like okay, EP, it's like that, bro. We supposed to be brothers. You ain't gonna hit your. Hey, you you look, did hit me back. You like Doc? Much, I'm bullshit. Too much. Uh, too much history. Too much yes, respect. Sir. You know, and so I fumbled a little bit, but hey, shit, I recovered. I appreciate you, man. Now, EP, now I know about you, man. Give the people who I mean, everybody know about you, but since this is like worldwide, give the people a, a, a synopsis, a brief overview of. Elliot Perry, where you from, man? You know, uh, your, your history and your background. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, if, if people know me, obviously I'm from Memphis. Um, grew up in North Memphis and, and you know, went to Treadwell High School. Um, then went on to the University of, which was Memphis State at the time. Went on there, uh, played four years there, and then, you know, was blessed enough to have a 10-year career in the NBA. Um, and, you know, a lot of that, Doc, is um, – you know, people always talk about the successes, but, you know, I, I really look back and think about where I came from, you know, North Memphis, and I say this with the utmost respect. <clears throat> I learned more. My community helped me more than it hurt me. You know, people think when you come from a low-income community, um, you, you don't, you're not exposed to a lot of things. You don't have a lot of money. You don't have a lot of those things. But I think my community taught me a lot, and that's to – you know, not quit if you get knocked down, you get back up. You know, you had to, you know, you probably grew up that way. You had to, yeah. hey, you got to fight. You know, you got to, you got to, you know, um, you know, be ready really to, to, to answer the bell. And um, I'm, I'm most grateful for all the people who poured into my career and my life. Now, talking about that, because uh, we, we grew up in the inner city, man, just talk about the challenges. Because I, I, I like this show because I like for us, to, for us to see strong black men and black women who have overcome challenges because we got this. We pretty much all going through the same thing, man. Yeah. Just talk about your background and your upbringing and how you had to maneuver your way, man, yeah. to not go down the wrong road. Uh, I, you know, I'll start with, uh, my, you know, my mom was, I think I've, to I've told this story before. Well, my mom was 15 years old when she had me, and um, my, my father died a month after I was born. So I was born in March, and my dad died in April, uh, and he was a teenager too, you know. And, uh, and so I always say I grew up in a community that liked to take hold of its young people and just kind of hold them and squeeze them until ultimately they conform. You know, we, it's so many. You, you can think about so many talented people that come out of your community and really that never made it. It's because, you know, either the community – forced them to conform to his ways. You know, they, 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 they started doing some things that they shouldn't have done. They got exposed to some things that they shouldn't have gotten exposed to. Or, and, um, you know, for me, uh, I was fortunate enough to have the support of my family. But more importantly, I had a, a mentor who mentored me, and that was Michael Tony. And that was somebody who, when I was in the fifth grade, <clears throat> started talking with me, man. And, and uh, honestly, Doc started asking me some questions. You know, where was I going to college and how was I doing in school and all of those things. This was before I was a, you know, good basketball mm -hmm. player. And, um, you know, from that, man, he just, you know, he just kept challenging me and, you know, helping me realize that, look, you can reach and do whatever you want to do, but first you got to embrace the process. And that's what I try to get young people to see is really embracing that process of, of, you know, you got to go through the ups and downs. You can't go, you can't take the shortcut. And, and, and I always say this, and, you, and you, can, you, can, you, you can relate to this, is in every neighborhood, there's always a shortcut. Yes, sir. You know, We're going to make a shortcut somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, and that's to get to that other location quicker. But in life, I just think that when you take the long way around, you know, you, you learn some things. Mm -hmm. And, and, and when, you're, when you're learning those things, 
you're, you're able to apply those things when you do get to your destination. And so, you know, that's, you know, that's just kind of in a nutshell, Doc, where I come from, how I grew up. And, and, and there were a lot of people who, when I say poured into my life, I'm not talking about just my teachers and pastors and my mentor. A lot of times, honestly, man, some cats on the corner, Yeah, you know, who, who I always wanted to go up there and stand with those cats and kick it with those cats. And I had a lot of guys, Ronnie Sims, you know, uh, Ray Sims, they were brothers, uh, uh, Melvin Patton, uh, Fred Baskin, uh, you know, all of these cats who said, no, uh-uh, you know, and that's when I was becoming a better basketball player. Nah, we get away from here, you know. You got, you got somewhere to go. You got a destination. And I think they believed in me more than I believed in myself at that time. I'm so glad you shared it because that's why I was going next because a lot of times we have athletic ability, but still some of us, like I tell people, man, I know cats that can hoop, man, probably out hoop more than majority of dudes in the NBA and who can play football better than the majority of dudes in the NFL, but they decided to choose the street line. Right, right. You know, so even though you was good in sports, you could have easily chosen not oh, to no listen to them and, and, and still st- st- stood on the corner and live that life. What made you say, okay, I'm going to listen to y'all, man. I'm going to take this path and, and, and help, you know, uh, uh, use my athletic abilities other than doing this, going the street route like a lot, a lot of uh, other of us uh, do. I'm going to go back to my mentor, Michael Tony. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why I think for, for me personally, being a mentor is an obligation. You know, like it's something that I have to do is to really yeah. pour into our young men. But I'll go back to, to Michael Tony. You know, again, he started asking me all these questions about where was I going to college. I mean, nobody in my family went to college. I mean, what are, you know, what are you talking about? And I think he started to expose me to a lot of things. He was a freshman at Memphis State at the time. And one of the first iterations and in, in, in exposure he gave me was he asked me to come ride with him, went to the Memphis State campus, and he was in summer school. And... I sat in a summer school class with him. Clearly, that's boring to me. Yeah. Like, man, I don't want to be here, man. What are you doing, man? Yeah. I mean, trying to. But I think, you know, in an indirect way, he was really trying to expose me to, like, hey, this is possible. You know, I'd never been to Germantown at, the, at that time. Drove me out to Germantown, you know, showed me, you know, way people were living and, and what was happening. Uh, and so just, just, just that exposure and, and, and challenging me and pushing me to say, like, you can do anything you want to do. But first, you, again, you got to embrace that process. And this is the, 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 the greatest lesson he taught me, Doc. And I, I've done this to my daughter as well. I think I, I mentioned this to you yeah. one time on the oh, news. So. But, uh, man, I was struggling. You know, I probably in sixth grade or something like that. You know, just struggling in school, struggling with, you know, whatever. And, you know, and he, he's constantly trying to encourage me. And, uh, and he said, uh, let, me, let me show you something. Come here. He took me to a mirror, and I think I told you this. He put me in front of the mirror, and he said, you see that little boy looking back at you? Everything you need to know in life, he's going to be the first one to tell you. He's going to be the first one to tell you when to quit. He's going to be the first one to tell you, hey, let's grind this thing out. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Don't quit. You know, he's going to be the first one to tell you, you know, if you can win, if you get knocked down, to get back up, all of those things. And he said, like, that's who you're in competition with, you know. When, when he tells you to quit, it's over. You know what I'm saying? And we kill a lot of our dreams because either we're fearful or either we're listening to that voice in our head that tell us we can't because we hear that so much. Yeah. Man, we, even in your own family sometimes, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You hear what you can't be. Man, tell me what I can be. And that's what I, I love most about my mentor is he was telling me what I could be. And he was, he was, he was dousing all of those fears and really feeding my feeding my dreams and and so uh you know i think that that lesson has always stuck with me in terms of you know being able to compete with myself and being able to know like man i got enough confidence in myself that you know i can accomplish anything and and, and a lot of that came with the knee pad i had in college as well yeah we're gonna get and that's that's why i'm going next because i mean straight ball i can't can't say enough about what you did at Treadwell. i mean just a lesson you just started then you go to memphis state i'm watching from a distance now just a little young kid yeah. in white haven like because i was a huge memphis state basketball fan i was like okay andre turner gone yeah, you know what i'm saying i said oh okay oh this dude oh okay so i'm watching you and you become just straight legendary man but everybody is not blessed with athletic ability some people are and you were but not all just not only that 
it's that dog and that determination and that drive you had, man, to make you one of the best to ever play at Memphis State and even one of the best to ever come out of the city of Memphis. Talk about that knee pass as you brought it up, man, and uh, uh, what it meant and what was on it. Well, that knee pad was a reminder, really. I, my, I had a great freshman year, one freshman of the year in the Metro Conference. And my sophomore year, uh, I, I was struggling a little bit, you know, just, I mean, people were boxing wands. I mean, they were, yeah. throwing, they were throwing everything but the kitchen sink at me. And um, I remember uh, uh, I was in my dorm room, and uh, <clears throat> I was reading a, a, a Sports Illustrated. And, and, and it had a, it's like a little small article that said, it was talking about, um, you know, just players. And, and the article read, if you take the greatest player in the world and you take one thing away from the greatest player in the world, he or she can become average. And if you take an average player and you give that average player one thing, they can become great. And that word was confidence. And confidence, and it's at the end of the article, it said confidence is the key. That jumped out at me, you know, yeah. like crazy. And that day, Steve Miller, who was our our um, trainer, I had him write confidence is the key on my knee pad as a reminder that, you know, if you take Jordan, the greatest player, and you take his confidence away, he can become average. Mm -hmm. And you take an average player and you give him all the confidence in the world, they can become great. And so... It only when I put that on my knee pad, it was a reminder that all I needed to do was just look down when I was struggling. That got to have confidence in yourself. E this next shot going in, you yeah. know. And so happened that when I when the the, the 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 game he wrote the knee pad on, we were in South Carolina. That was the first time I broke out the knee with the writing on it. Uh -huh. And uh, I had gone to Coach Finch on the road, and I said, "Man, look." Bring me off the bench. Let's shake this thing up. Really? Coach. Yeah, I go okay. to Coach Finch's room. I said, bring me off the bench. You know, let's shake this thing up. I'm struggling a little bit. Maybe I can find, you know, maybe I can find something yeah. coming off the bench or whatever, whatever. And Coach Finch said, never. <laughs> yeah. I'm riding with you through and through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't come to me with that. And uh, so I broke the knee pad out that night in South Carolina, and, and, and uh, I hit a game-winning shot that night. In South Carolina, hit the last second shot with no time on the clock. And rest was history, Doc. I mean, I just, you know, again, I, I, you know, I say all that to say things don't just happen. They happen just, mm -hmm. you know. And, 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 and having that confidence in myself was a reminder with that knee pad. But more importantly, Coach Finch had confidence in me, too. That, man, I'm riding with you. And that gave me that, you know, that, that little boost. Now, and you're not here because you're a great basketball player and a great sports legend, man. I mean, you're you, it, it, I admire all of that, but I know it's much more than that. But before we get to what you're doing now and the great things you're doing that's not even sports-related, that's all about uplifting our youth, people see Elliot Perry, great basketball star, 10-year NBA career, man. Did you, did, you really did your thing everywhere you, you mm -hmm. went, but you really got your notoriety at Phoenix. Right. But talk about that, 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 that journey to get there, bro. They, they don't understand the, the, the bus rides and all that. Yeah. Talk about that journey to get to the NBA that a lot of cats don't know that you had to deal with and go through. Yeah, here, here's, the, here's my journey. I was a, I was a second-round draft pick by the Clippers. <clears throat> I was 37 pick by the Clippers. I go to, I go to L.A. early. Man, I'm going to go up here and work out, you know, get my guy with Charles Smith, all them Polonese, all them guys. I'm in tip-top shape. I go to camp. You know, I'm hooping in camp. I mean, I'm playing yeah. well. And I was, and 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 and, and the interesting thing was, I was one of one of the only second round draft picks at that time that got a partial guaranteed contract. So most second rounders at that time would get no yeah, guarantees. Yeah. And so, um, doing all that, and still got to make the team. You know, mm -hmm. so I make the team. I mean, I'm 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 Doc Rivers rookie. I'm Danny Manning rookie. You know, I'm, I had to bring Doc Rivers a cup of coffee every morning and Danny Manning a USA Today every morning. Wasn't no big deal. Yeah. So we played the first 10 games of the season. And I think, I can't remember who we played, but it was a road trip. And we come back off the road trip and I got waived. So I, 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 I leave L.A., go to La Crosse, Wisconsin. I play two games in La Crosse, Wisconsin, get called up by – Charlotte. So I played my rookie season out in Charlotte, which was great. Muggsy Bogues, Dale mm -hmm. Curry, all the guys had great team, great teammates. Kendall Gill, 
And so I spent the next, really after that, I spent the next two seasons, really season and a half in the, in, in the CBA. So I played for Rochester, Minnesota in the CBA for a full year. And I was really trying to get back to the league. Yeah. Man, I'm doing everything I can to get back to the league. And, uh, man, it didn't happen. So that, 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 that next summer I played for uh, the Portland Trailblazers in the summer league, a guy named uh, um, uh, Greenberg, uh, Seth Greenberg's brother, but I can't remember his first name. He called me. He said, man, hey, I need a point guard for my team in the summer league. I said, man, I need to play. He said, man, look, I'm not bringing in another point guard. Ball in your hand. Bet. They had Jeff, just drafted Tracy Murray. Dave Johnson, them there. So we had a nice squad. So we go to, to the summer league and win it. And, 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 and when we were in the summer league, two things happened. Bruce Stewart, who was the coach in Rochester, I mean, uh, 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 Grand Rapids, Michigan, they had just won the CBA championship the year before. He came to our practice. He said, if I trade for you and you just so happen to go back to the CBA, I trade for your rights, would, would you come to play for me? I said, man, get me out of Rochester. Absolutely, I come play for you. No question, Bruce. So Bruce traded for my rights in, in, in the CBA. And then that same summer, we went, before we won the summer league, the, right before the championship game in the summer league, Lionel Hollins come up to me. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know train at the time. Yeah. You know, he come up to me. He said, man, he the assistant coach in, in Phoenix. He said, who represents you? I told him Jimmy Sexton represent me. That was it. Long story short, I, 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 I try back out with, with, uh, with Portland. I make it all the way. I'm, I'm trying out with Portland that year. I make it all the way to the last cut. Basically, they tell me right before the last cut, I'm good. Yeah. So we got a game the next day. Mm-hmm. I got my luggage. I got, I got everything. Roundabout, I say probably 1.30 in the morning, I'm in the hotel, my phone ring. Hmm. Ain't never a good thing. Yeah. So I pick up the phone. It, 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 hey, I can't remember his first name, but it's Greenberg or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, it is what it is, EP. You know, man, you got caught up in the numbers. You know, man, we're going to have to let you go. Got your plane ticket for tomorrow, you know. Hey, play well, man. Just got caught up in the numbers. Okay, cool. So I get my plane ticket. I'll leave the next day, come home for a minute. Regroup, head to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Bruce Stewart. So I get to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I'm going the long way around, Doc. No, it's called, man, this is what it's about, bro. I get to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and and they got a nice, we got a nice squad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the, they had a, a guy out there named Carlton, I can't remember his last name. He not Carlton Banks. Not, nah, not, not, not Carlton not. Banks. <laughs> He's starting. Yeah. But, and we got another guy there named Reggie Jordan, who basically is the Jordan of the CBA. Mm-hmm. So Carlton Banks, man, really. He all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And uh, I, so about the fourth, fifth game of the season, I, co- I was always coming to the gym early. I come to the gym early. Bruce Stewart told me, come in my office. So I come in Bruce Stewart's office, and uh, he, he, he look at me. He say, uh, you ready? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm yeah, I because I'm not starting, you know. I'm yeah. Yeah. He he reach on his desk. He he grab a basketball and, and give it to me. Ball in your hands. Starting point guard tonight. Bet. So he come out. He tell everybody, you know, whatever, whatever. We got to change in the lineup. We're gonna start Elliot. Now Reggie Jordan moved to the two. Reggie Jordan left handed. He he can hoop. Then at the three, we had a guy named Jeff Martin who played at Murray State. Mm-hmm. He was a first-round draft pick of the Clippers. He was down in the CBA. At the four, we had a guy named Aaron Williams who ended up left-hand guy who ended up playing with 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 uh, having a long career with uh, Utah and some other teams. And then at the five, we had Bo Outlaw. Big Bo. So we go on a run. I mean, right now we we five games to the season. We go on a run, 14, 15 games straight. We go. I mean, we we roll it. And so, uh, I'm, I'm, we had a game that day. I'm, I'm, I'm coming from the game with my roommate, the guy who played at Cincinnati. I'm coming from the game with him. And 
Well, we eat subways and everything. You know what I'm saying? We just yeah, eat whatever. Yeah. And uh, we get to the apartment. We just had shoot around. We get back to the apartment. Bruce threw it in front of our, our apartment. It's, it's snowing. You know, throwing his hands up. Damn, what's going on? So we get out of the car. He said, hey, <clears throat> you just got called up to Phoenix. Let's go. We got to go get on the phone and uh, get you out of here. I said, what? So I get on the phone with the people in Phoenix, lady talking, whatever, whatever. Can, when can you be here? Shit. Yesterday. Put me on the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put me on the next thing smoking. Mm -hmm. So they put me on a red eye that night, headed to Phoenix. I got whatever clothes I could get, told my boy. Y'all can have that. I ain't yeah, coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like some cat bird stuff like that. And that same, that, that same day, Reggie Jordan got called up to the Clippers. So our backcourt got, mm -hmm. we gone. Uh, so I get to Phoenix, and uh, we got a shooter. We got a game that day. I get there about 2 o'clock in the morning. I can't sleep. I'm restless. I'm in the hotel, walking distance from the, from the arena. I get, so I get up in the morning. I know we got 10 o'clock shoot around. So I get over there about 9, sign a contract, 10-day contract, whatever. And uh, so I go down to the court, and I'm just down there shooting. Man, you got Kevin Johnson come down. You got A.C. Green. You got Dan Marley, Barkley, all these boys coming down. Why mm -hmm. I've been watching on TV. <clears throat> and so uh, I talked with Westfall a little bit. And then uh, Westfall said, bring it in. Hey, we just picked up Elliot Perry out of CBA. <clears throat> this is our starting point guard tonight. Ooh. I said, whoa, 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 coach. He said, uh, Yeah. You know, because they were bringing Frank Johnson off the bench. He said, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so I said, uh, okay, whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the lineup, Doc. And so walking back home, I mean, walking back to the hotel after shoot-around, man, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm literally, Doc, no lie, I'm literally, like, just thanking God, just mm -hmm. like, man, I'm talking about un, un, tears in my eyes, mm -hmm. everything, you know, because mm -hmm. I know. Man, I ain't take no shortcuts. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is what I've been asking for, God, because when I was in the CBA, I used to say this, no lie. Lord, if I could ever just be back in the warm-up line in the NBA, I'll be good, yeah. you know. And so, man I'm, 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 man, I'm praying. I'm nervous at the same time. Then eat pregame, do all that, coming back to the arena, man. I'm, 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 man, I'm, I'm, I'm still praying. Like, man, I'm, this is crazy, you know. And, uh, you know, started. We played Portland Trailblazers, started, played well. I think I had like four or six points, and I had double-digit assists, though. I had 10 assists or whatever. We beat Portland, playing against Terry Porter. I mean, these are all yeah. guys I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And uh, played my 10-day contract out, got signed to another 10-day contract, and then three games into that contract, three days into that contract, I come in the locker room. We got a game. I think we're playing Sacramento. I come in the locker room. I see Jerry Colangelo. I want to see you in the trainer's office, Ellie. I said, shit. I already know what that is. Yeah. I'm way. I'm getting ready to get waived. So he come in there, man. He, 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 got, he got my contract in his hand. He ripped it up in my face. Slide me a new contract. I'm going to sign you for the year. Whew. Okay, now I can go out here and play. So I, I do that and have a good year. And so the next year, I mean, that summer, I'm thinking, it's a lock I'm going back in. You know, mm -hmm. it's a lock. I read they signed Winston Garland to a guaranteed contract. So I had my agent call them like, man, what the hell? And so, uh, you know, it is what it is. He said, but he's like, hey, Elliot, free to come to camp and, <clears throat> and you know, try out if mm -hmm. you want to or whatever. And uh, I was just telling a young cat this. I said, uh, sometimes you just got to take risk and take a bold, make a bold mm -hmm. move. So, man, I prayed about that thing, Doc, and I told my boy Eric. Eric Givers, my good friend, I said, man, look, if I come back, I'm going to come back with, 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 with meat under my fingernails like that. But before that, this was an interesting thing, Doc. Before that, I called Colangelo. Out of the blue. I just wanna I just wanna rap with you for yeah. a minute. 
So I asked him three things. I said, did I do a good job? You know, uh, um, uh, you know, what, what, what about Winston that's different about me? You know, mm -hmm. like whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, do I have the ability to get the job done? He was like, yeah, you know, hey, this, you got to realize this a game of, this a game of numbers, this a game of, of risk, this a game of calculation, you know, he got more experience than you. And, but he don't have, you know, he, y'all, his talent ain't, I'm not, can't say he got more talent mm -hmm. than you, but he got more experience than you, whatever. Hell with, I'm coming back. So I go back. This, this when it gets, this when it gets to me, this where God, grace and mercy and, 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 and going through the process and really navigating my life starts. I go back. We got five guards in camp, you know, including Kevin Johnson. We got Winston Garland. We got, we got Anthony Goldwire. We got another dude who was there. I can't remember his name from, from UCLA. USC, I'm sorry. He was there and then me. So I tell Goldwire, I'm going in all guns blazing. So whatever you do, you know, we boys, but when we hit that floor, we compete mm -hmm. in Goldwire. But me and Goldwire, Goldwire and I were like this. So first, first few, you know, training camp. We in uh we in uh Flagstaff, Arizona. You know, we hooping, whatever. Two a days, whatever. And so about the third day of training camp, uh no, 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 I take that back, Doc. We so we up there for a week. Then we come back and we practice at our own facilities. Mm -hmm. So about when we get back from Flagstaff, about the about the second day back in our facility, man, I have worst practice I ever had in my life. I mean, man, I had, I'm talking about, this was the worst practice, I literally the worst practice I ever had in my life. So, when practice over, I go back upstairs. Shit, it's over. Walking back to the hotel, tears, I, ain't, I didn't even shower or nothing. I just threw all my stuff, walking back to the hotel. And so, during my year there, when I was with the 10 days, the year before, I made friends with this guy called The Juggler. He was a guy who juggled on the streets. He was a homeless guy. Mm -hmm. Man, I give him, I used to give him money all the time, have great conversations with him, invite him to games. I mean, he may sit in my seats, you know what I'm saying? And he called me Commander Perry. You know, we just struck up a good friendship and uh, eat lunch with him sometimes. Just, man, he's just good people. You know, he telling me about his, his life, how he got there. Yeah. He come to Phoenix every year, but he jump on the train. He was from Boston, whatever. So, so when I'm walking back home, when I'm walking back to the hotel after this bad practice, I see him. I'm walking towards him. I don't want to deal with none of this today. I ain't got time or the patience for none of this. So I'm reaching in my pocket. I get up to him. I'm reaching in my pocket. You know what I'm saying, man? I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut this short. You know what I'm saying, man? Get this man $10, $20, whatever. It is. Yeah. He always, I mean, he was always enthusiastic. Hey, Commander Perry, how you doing today? You know, it's good to see you. That was his, that, he said that damn near every time. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> ah, man. Not a good day for me, man. I ain't, you know, I ain't really got a juggler, you know, whatever, whatever, you know. He was like, well, you know what? It's not a good day for me either, you know. And uh, you know what? Some days you win some and you lose some. And so, whatever. So I, I take off walking to the hotel. And like, this the epiphany. God just like, it's like a light came on over my head. And I get emotional because that's my boy. A light came on over my head. And it said, if dude can have that kind of person, if dude can have that kind of attitude, this is a man who's homeless. Mm -hmm. He's sleeping on the street. If he can have that kind of attitude, man, some days you win some and you lose some. Mm -hmm. Surely you can. And I'm talking about literally, man, my whole attitude changed. Man, went to the hotel, showered up. We had a practice that we scrimmaged every night. Had a practice that night. Went out, hooped, you know, did my thing. And so, and so, training camp coming down to an end, we start preseason. We play these preseason games. And, and it's, 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 it's me and Winston Garland going at it. So, we got three preseason games left. The, 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 we got one preseason game where coach say, hey, we're going to start KJ. 
the first quarter. After that, KJ ain't going to play no more. So when are you going to start the second quarter? EP, you going to start the third quarter. When are you going to start the fourth quarter? All right. The next to the last game, no KJ. When are you going to start to start? EP, you going to start the second quarter. When are you going to start the third? EP, you going to start the fourth. Bet. So this coming to an end, Doc. The last game. So we, 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 we're playing the last game against the Clippers at uh, where's the University of Arizona in um, Tempe? Is it t- no, Tempe? Not, it's, somewhere it's, yeah, it something is. like that. So, no, Arizona. I don't know, though. That's a good question. So, so we got a we got a we got a preseason game there against the Clippers there mm-hmm. at, at the University of Arizona Stadium. So we driving up there. We we on the bus. It's morning time. We on the bus. So I said, man, this this it. You know, it's the last one, whatever. <clears throat> and uh, so we take off. We riding right. And Ains come jump in my seat. We all got to see Ains come jump in my seat. Hey, EP, don't worry about nothing. You good. What you talking about, Ains? He said, I just talked to Kevin McHale. He was general manager in, 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 in Minnesota at the time. He want, the, he want, he want, he want, he want um, Phoenix to cut you right now so he can go ahead and sign you to a guaranteed contract now. You good. So I'm getting ready to get on the phone with Jimmy. Yeah. Tell these people, man, call uh, Colangelo and them, tell them to cut me right now. I'm not playing this last preseason game, but I got guaranteed. Let's go get this done, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I told Ainge that Ainge said, no, 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 no. Go ahead and play the last preseason game, man. You, you good. You got a job. Yeah. Just go on play. I said, man, Ainge, anything can happen. I said, man, yeah. don't think like that, man. Yeah. Just go play, EP. You've been doing good, man. Go compete. So I bet I ain't going to call Jimmy. Danny Ainge, right? For Dan people Ainge. that know, Danny yeah, Ainge. Yeah, Danny Ainge. So I go out there, I hoop. Play well that night. And so, again, I'm coming to the end. Dog. No, it's all good, bro. This, this, I love it. They love it. That's what I'm talking about. So, the next day, so we drive back home that night. The next day, say, uh, uh, that night, he said, well, we got a uh, 10 o'clock practice. Uh, don't nobody come early. You know, usually people come early. Don't come early. Just come at 10. We ain't going to do much. Yeah. So we get to practice, throwing our stuff. So we, 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 I'm, I'm walking, we're walking downstairs, coming to the practice facility in Phoenix, right? So it's, 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 it's a table over in the corner. You got Lionel Hollins, Scotty Robinson, who's old coach, and Westfall, all three of them sitting at the table, right? And so we get down there. We're just kind of shooting around. So Westfall tell Barkley, hey, Barkley go over there, sit down, talk for about five minutes or so. Barkley get up, KJ. You know, KJ, Danny Ainge, Dan Marley, AC Green, Danny Manning, Wayman Tisdale, all Joe Klein, yeah. Mark West, all these boys. So, so go wide now. We shooting on the on the, on the side basket. Hell going on over but there. But you're paying Goldwine. attention though, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something going on over there, go yeah, wide. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, something going down. So last person get over there. Uh, Westfall, bring it in. Practice over, you know. Everybody upstairs. Everybody, it's over. Uh, Coker, Mackie, Goldwire, Garland, Perry, upstairs. Oh, shit. So we go upstairs. We're sitting in the locker room. They bring Big Coker in the office. Coker come out, man. man. Wait me, man. I appreciate this. I hate that Coke. All right. Mackie come out, man. Forgot me, EPS. Go while I go in there. Man, I'm gone, EP, man. Forgot me. I said, hold on, go while. I'm going to walk over to the hotel with you. You know what I'm saying? It's what it is. So Garland go in there. So Garland come out, you know. Congratulations, EP. I, I said, nah, nah, I ain't shaking no hand, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah, Winnie. Yeah. You know, nah, Winnie, they ain't told me nothing. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I go in there. And uh, you got the three coaches. <clears throat> Westfall look at Scotty Robinson, old coach we had. He about 60-something at the time. He all yours, Scotty. Now, mind you, throughout all training camps, Scotty been on my ass. Yeah, hard, probably. I can't do nothing right. Mm-hmm. If I do it well, it ain't good enough. Mm-hmm. If I do it bad, he on me. We scrimmage, we scrimmage every night. He coached my team every night. 
you know, I mean, cursing at me, man, pulling on my jersey, man. I mean, just even in uh, preseason games, you know, I got to sit beside Scotty. You know, he get my am like, man. And I told Goldwire, man, this man hate me. Goldwire. Hey, I'm thinking about fine on Scotty. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. He was like, damn, EP, yeah, that man be on you, man. That said, Memphis man, stuff, huh? You, about to, you want said, to spring on the dog? I said, man, this man hate me. Yeah. So normally when, 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 when Westfall said he all yours, Scotty, I already knew. I'm out of here. This man hate me. So Scotty lean up. He say, I did everything I could, everything to break you, to make you get out of character, to make you say something, mm. to sh shoot your confidence down, to do everything. You came back every day. If you so an inch, if you don't play this way every day, you out of here. I said, I said, hold on, Scotty, what you saying? You saying I'm, you saying I'm in? I got a lot of respect for you. This, if you're going to have a long career, this the way you're going to have a long career. You can't let up at all. You didn't back down from nobody. And I tried to do everything I could to break you. I love it. Westfall didn't, Westfall didn't give me nothing. Hollins didn't give me nothing. And KJ, get, KJ go down the first Two games of the season, I start, I start, I start 60 games that season. And the rest was history, Doc. Yeah, it is. Know, got a long-term contract out of that. So, you know, again, that's a long way around of saying, you know, one thing my grandfather used to say, it was his favorite saying was, grandson, finish the race and see what the end going to be, you know. You can't win no race. You can't win no race in the, when it first starts, but you damn sure can lose it, you know. And so that was his way of saying, man, hey, you're going to go through your ups and downs. You're going to go through your ins and outs. But you don't know what the, at the end of the, at the, t of the, of the, of the rainbow, you don't know what's there for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to get there. You know, so that was, that was, that was my career in a nutshell. Obviously, I went on to play 10, you know, nine more years after that. And I, I mean, I love it because that's what they need to hear, man, because not only the basketball part, now you part owner, man, you do the art, you do all these other great things and you mentor people. So, and what I tell people, man, athletes are way more than just athletes, man. You could have just taken your money and your fame and your celebrity and said, I mean, EP ain't worried about nothing else, but you haven't done that. You pour back in the community and you still pour back in, in the community and you're doing all these other great things, man. What, you know, what inspires you to do that instead of just be like, you know, I'm a celebrity because you king around here, bro. You, nah, you king. No, no, nah, nah, bro. That's nothing but love and respect for Elliot Perry, man. But you, you've never been that guy. You've always been humble. You've always been you and you're pouring into it. And for the young people that's listening and black people, the, oh, people that's listening, period, man, the mentality you had to have to go through all of that and to, to uh, still believe in yourself and to do the things that you're doing now, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, I put it this way, Doc. Uh, I think my city and, you know, people have poured into me and, and, and God's grace and mercy on my life just, you know, in, in, in general has really guided and helped me navigate through a, through a lot of things, you know, people pouring into my life. And I will say to, to young people is you gotta be, you gotta be available and teach, teachable and open. Mm -hmm. And that's, and I'm, when I say open, I'm saying open to praise, which all of us are, mm -hmm. but you gotta be open to criticism too. Oh. You know, those things are going to help you get better. And, and, and there is a such thing as constructive criticism, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, getting young people to really understand, you know, everybody make mistakes in life. I was 14 at one time in the hood, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Getting into being mischievous, doing all kind of stuff, and somebody pulled me to the side. And so, um, I, I, again, I, I mentioned that I feel like, you know, all these things – have come my way not because uh, I deserve them, or and not because I I try to go in the and, and go get these things. Grizzly ownership, you know, working for the NBA Players Association when I initially retired, you know, uh, working with the Poplar Foundation now in in education and you know doing the Grizzlies radio, kind of mm -hmm. all you know all, all all of those different things. I went. I wasn't trying to do any of those things, you know, but. I think through networking and through 
uh, you know, trying to be a decent person, uh, uh, establishing relationships, um, and, 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 and being open to being uncomfortable, being in places where I'm the minority, being in places where, man, I don't know what the hell are these folks talking about, but yeah. I'm going to listen and I'm going to learn. Mm-hmm. And if I listen long enough and learn long enough and ask enough questions, I'll get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think people have, 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 you know, mentored me in a lot of different ways. And that, that goes from Coach Finch, Coach Curry in high school to Coach Finch in college. And Coach Finch was really kind of a, a, my huge, a huge advocate for me in terms of saying to me, and, and this is what changed my outlook on community. I'm give, can I give you one more story? Doc? No, you there as many stories check, as you want to give. No, I love it, bro. This no. My, this is one of my favorite stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh my 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 at the right at the beginning of the season hadn't started. Right at the we we just started conditioning and all that. Right at the beginning of my sophomore year. Uh you know South Hall. Yeah, South right? Hall, man, no doubt. It's a spot. So I'm coming back, I'm coming back over the tracks. David Gurley could tell me. Coach Fence wanted to see me in the office. I damn. I'm trying to think. Okay. I know I went to class. Okay. I know I. They want to see me for. Yeah. So I said, I right, bet. So I didn't go to dorm. I beeline right over to mm-hmm. Coach Fence's office. So I get in Coach Fence's office and he say, um, look here, man. I think, I think, uh, I think you got the disposition the personality, the attitude. I think you got all the things to be a real asset to our community. I'm now I'm 18. Yeah. You know, I just finished my freshman year hooping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, you know, man, I don't want to hear all that coach yeah. where the gals at. You know what <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm just being honest yeah, with you, man. I'm course, trying to, you yeah. know, you know what we're trying <laughs> yeah, to do. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, he he telling me all of this. And I said, uh, you know, okay, I ain't really understanding. You know, he's like, man, look, uh, you know, I want you to begin to think about being more than just a Memphis State basketball player and really, really using your platform to uh, enhance our community and, 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 you know, help people and, you know, galvanize people, whatever, whatever. And he said, uh, <clears throat> I want you to meet somebody who can who can spell it out better than I can. And so he go out off and come back in. He got he got Benjamin Hooks with him. Yeah. Now, this is my first time meeting. I know Mr. Hooks. Mm-hmm. This is my first time meeting. And so that's to me, I want never forget the day. That that's like meeting Martin Luther King to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And he sat me down, beautiful conversation, you know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm in awe though. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm like, man, I'm I'm out of my body sitting, yeah. you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Watch, sitting next yeah, to me, yeah, like yeah. And yeah. uh, you know, it talked about the civil rights movement. We talked about a lot of things, but uh he was really trying to encourage me that, you know, Coach Finn sees something in you. Mm-hmm. And and we do too. And to me, you know, that if I'm not gonna say it forced me. But it convinced me that, okay, you you got a platform. How are you gonna use it? Yeah. You you got something that people want. You got a voice. How are you gonna use it? And uh, you know, from then on, I just started, you know, really saying, hey, look, I'm gonna pour into my community. If I'm only known, if every time somebody say Elliot Perry name, if all they can think about is basketball, then I've done something wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so again, all of these other things have come to me as a byproduct of, you know, trying to do things the right way, and not that I don't make any mistakes. You know, I love the uh, there's a, a a verse in the Bible that says, uh, um, "I see and approve of the good things, but the evil things I do." Mm. You know, and so in other words, it's saying, you know. As, as good as you want to be and as much as you think you are, you prone to mistakes. Yes, sir. You, you, you feel the rags. Isn't, there isn't a man you know that sinneth not. You right, and, bro. And what it does is allow me to really humble myself beneath the feet of the most common of men, you know, 
because I feel like, and I won't sound cryptic or nothing like this, Doc, but the closer I get to God, it reveals the, it reveals every flaw that I have, mm-hmm. you know. And so when I say I'm filled with rags, yeah. when you get to closer to the most high, mm-hmm. it's showing you nothing. Man, you ain't nothing. Well. Nothing. Well. And without my grace and my mercy, dog, you done. And so I try to, I try to, I try to, you know, live like that, doc. And then, and then this is the last thing I'll say on this for your next question is, is I also try to live by the 95-5 rule. And what I mean by that is most people, doc, Worry their ass off. I grew up in a household, man. My grandmother, man, she worrying about something every day. Mm-hmm. You know, they can worry. I mean, they, they, man, they, they. And so what I realize is in life is when I say 95-5 rule, I say 90% of the things we worry about, they never happen. Man, we can worry our ass off, man, and. Man, it didn't happen to me, you know, mm-hmm. it never happened. 5% of the things we worry about, if we're patient, they self-correct. Man, the house going to get out of that, but man, that thing worked out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. good. That thing yeah. worked out. And then the other 5%, man, hey, it's life. You got to deal with it. You got to, you know, it's through confrontation sometimes that you got to deal with some of those things. And, and, and so sometimes just being patient and being quiet and being, again, open to, you know, just being quiet and is it is sometimes stuff just work itself out. And so I, you know, I try to live by that rule as well. Man, great advice, great story. I appreciate you sharing, man. Uh, look, bro, don't make no apologies to me. I just enjoy talking to you, man. This, man, it's YouTube, this TV, man. Yeah, you can talk as long yeah. as you want to, man. Yeah. But yeah. anything else you feel like you want to add or need to add, he brought that water for you too, man. ISF Productions, you want to get a DP. But anything else you want to add, man, you think the people need to hear, man? Um, I mean, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm, 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 I'm a big advocate for mentoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just a, a sort of a shameless personal plug. No, no, go ahead. Know. No, no, go ahead, bro. But, uh, so I've been like chair of the Grizzlies Foundation mm-hmm. for like, you know, five years now. And, 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 and really our platform has been mentoring. That's partnering with organizations who, who mentor, and then we run our own mentoring program called Team Mentoring, where we where we pair three adults with six boys or six girls or whatever, you know, like if mm-hmm. it's three 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 women, and, and and you know you're a team, and so you meet once a week or whatever, whatever, and 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 and, and so I've been doing that for like seven years or so, team mentoring, and I can tell you some hella stories of some young men that I've come in contact with that brilliant smart, uh, passionate about what they want to do. Uh, and, and, and then I fast forward to this year. So we did mentoring this year, uh, via zoom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so you got to think kids were going to school online for eight hours or whatever. They were zooming for eight hours or whatever. Then on, on Tuesdays, we, you know, they, as soon as you get offline, boom, you sign back in to, to mentor mm-hmm. for another hour. Yeah. So I realized, like, man, it exposed that our kids dealing with so much shit. Yes. And, 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 you know, I'm talking about mental baggage. I had uh, <clears throat> I had one kid in my mentoring with us the second year with me. I put anything on him. This I know he gonna succeed, and I still believe he gonna succeed. You know, I know he gonna succeed, but like he was logging in, like I ain't here, and I'm you know I'm like, man, what's up with my boy? Cause you he he's very vocal, yeah. whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden he just stopped. Don't 
So I called his mom, you know, just trying to catch up with him. But I say all that to say is, I think now, when you talk about volunteers and mentors, we need mentors more than anything in the world now because the pandemic highlighted all of the baggage our kids really were dealing with, but now they couldn't come to school and be around their peers. They were doing this online in in, in solitude, so so to speak. They just, I'm zoning out. You had some kids who were not signing in, just not not for mentoring, but for school, just in Mm -hmm. general. And so I just, you know, plead to our community that we just need more volunteers. And, and, and just think if somebody had not poured into your life, somebody had not grabbed a dock and yeah. showed you something, somebody who didn't challenge you or somebody, and that could be a pastor. And, and, we, and, it's, and there's so many ways to mentor, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, you know, like I said, if, if, if people want to sign up, I'd say go to, you know, grizzliesfoundation.org, click mentoring, and like, we're going to pay you with whether you want to do team mentoring, whether you want to mentor with big brothers, big sisters. You know, if somebody passionate about, like, juvenile kids, I mean, we, we partner with JIF, uh, Juvenile Intervention Faith-Based Follow-Up. You know, that's a program that these are all teenagers, man. You know, they, they're in the system. Mm-hmm. But before we put you in jail, we're going to send you through JIF. Gotcha, yeah. And you got to complete this program, then you, you're good. Mm-hmm. And so... uh you know, we got women programs. We get, we have uh, refugee programs and REP. You know, refugee empowerment program where a lot of the refugees who come to our city, uh, Cam and her staff, uh, get them in school, talk with their parents. Like all, you know, kind of all those yeah. stuff, and then help mentor. So there are so many different avenues. We got organizations like Memphis Athletic Ministry, Streets Ministries. You know, all of those organizations who are running mentoring programs. Like, it's so many ways that you can plug in and for the right fit for you. Uh, if you want to do the team mentoring thing, you know, so if you, if you miss a day doc, we got you. Yeah. You know, if I have to miss a day, you know, yeah. it don't mean yeah. the kids don't get, get, get that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I man, I just, you know, short of pleading with our community that our young people need us to be mentors and share our experiences with them, share our shortcomings with them, be vulnerable with them. You know, and then more importantly, like, man, shit you doing, we did. Yeah, exactly. You ain't, you ain't, you, you, you know, you, you, it's a different way y'all doing it, but I get it, you know, and, 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 and I tell this, I tell this, let me give you one story. Doc. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, go ahead. Eat pizza. This I'm, a mentoring I'm, I'm story. loving it. This yes, sir. Let's story. go. This is a mentoring story. I had I got this I got this I got this young kid left handed here hoop. He and, he and my mentor thing you know funny he, he, he charismatic he can play you know. So uh, he in the, he in the seventh grade and 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 his dad get killed. Mm. So he make it through school that year. He's seventh grade. He make it through school that year. You know, he 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 up and down, but man, we wrapping our arms around him, man. We, we trying to keep him. You know, he have his good days, bad days, or whatever. So he get in eighth grade, and one day I get a call from the school, and you got to come up here. This man going ham. Hey, what? So I leave my office. Dry the Grizzlies prep. Come in. He ain't having it. So they throw us in a room. Man, cut the bullshit, man. What's going on? Yeah. I don't want to deal with none of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Man, what's up? I ain't... Hell with all that other, what yeah. we do on the mentoring side with everybody in the room. This me and you. Mm-hmm. So he said, um, this the day my dad got killed. Mm. So right there, gut punch. Yeah. 
So I say to him, I said, uh, ain't nothing I can say to that. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh and I'm a I'm a I'm 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 a love on you. You know what I'm saying? I, I completely understand. I said, man, you talking to somebody who I ain't never seen my dad. Mm-hmm. So I I get it. And then I asked him, I said, uh, if your dad was living and if 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 he was here, <clears throat> would you be acting this way? I mean saying, would you just act out in school in general like that? No. No, my dad ain't go. I knew it, you know, my dad ain't going for that. And this ain't just somebody who coming from no broken home. This I got my mom and dad in the house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Dad, he Oh, you know my dad ain't going for that, you know. And so I said, uh Man, what better way to honor your dad than to do what you're supposed to do? If you if you wanna if you wanna honor somebody, you wanna honor your dad, this the time to do it. All that what you doing in, in school, that ain't what your dad wanna 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 see looking down, wanna see from his kid. I said, what if a coach told you? You know what I'm saying? You bullshit. Blase, blase, get on the line. Sick of this bull. Give me push up. Get on the line. Talking crazy to you. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do? He said, I'm gonna get on the line. I said. Essentially, that's what your teacher's telling you. Now, they ain't telling you like your coach going to tell you, mm-hmm. but you in the game. You at practice now. This school, they supposed to do what they, they're doing and trying to hold you accountable. Get on the line. This your job, you know? And I said, man, look, you're going to be great. And the only way you can be great is... You got to go forward and you got to put forth the effort. Anybody can be a bum. It's hard to be great. Mm-hmm. And you can't be great if you don't put forth the effort. That's, I ain't talking about basketball. I'm talking about life. So what I'm asking you to do is just like this. Go do what you're supposed to do, man. It's just that simple. Man, I... I hate, I know this is a tough day. I'm, I got tears in my eyes thinking about it, dog, but you got it. All the ingredients you need, God has already given them to you. Remember I told you that, I tell you all that all the time. He went on and did his thing. And so I'm just saying, like, that's a personal story yeah. of how we, can, how we can run this relay of life with our young people is, is you know, when I'm talking about a relay, Doc, I'm saying, can't nobody run a relay by themselves. Mm-mm. You try to run four legs by yourself. So what you do is you just run the best race you can when you got that baton. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you hand that baton off. And so I'm just saying, whatever time you spend in front of the young person, that's your, this your race. Mm-hmm. Run it the best you can, and it just may be for a season. Boom, I hand that off to somebody else. They got to run that race. And so, again, that's my shameless plug in terms of, of trying to convince people, you know, that, man, we need more volunteers. We need more people mentoring our young people. We need po- more people pouring into our young people to, you know, help them convince, help convince them that, man, you can reach your full potential. God has given you everything you need. And it ain't got nothing to do with no A's and B's. This ain't got nothing to do with A's and B's. We want you to get A's and B's. That's all good. But I'm talking about, what's your gift? Yeah. What's your gift? Honor that, you know? And so, that's my shameless plug, Doc. That's not shameless, man. I appreciate that, man. That's a great episode. Elliot Perry, I just want to thank you, brother. Yes, sir. For coming, chopping it up with your brother, man, and sharing because it's a wonderful stories, man. You're a great human being. I, the, man, the man is really a great man. I ain't just saying it because he's sitting here. He is, man. That's why. Filthy my, rags, Doc. Filthy. I mean, I, we all. <laughs> hey, but look. Hey, the most I told Joshua to take them filthy rags up off Joshua. We're going to put this royal garb on him. You know what I mean? So we all filthy rags, man. But you're living the life, man. Being how the most high wants you to be and how he programmed you to be, man. And, and that's encouraging, man. That's motivating. That's all these things. And I appreciate, for join, yeah. appreciate you for joining Thank the you show, for inviting bro. inviting me, man. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank bro. you, EP. That's going to do it for another episode. Great episode of the Doc Holiday Show where we love to uplift black men, black women, 
Black teen, black child, black royalty. Thank Elliot Perry again. Until next time, all praises to the most high. I'm out. What you cooking, man? Oh, no, no, no. It ain't the same as mine.